This week on Grubstakers, we're going to be talking about Elon Musk. He is the CEO of Tesla, the founder of SpaceX, uh, the golden boy of Reddit. He was one of the co-creators of PayPal, and he's currently worth uh, about $20.4 billion. Wow, it's a lot of money. It's a ton of money. Uh, we'll be talking about his family, his upbringing, how he got his money, how beloved he is by people who were trying to unionize. Uh, this was actually recorded before... Uh, this week, uh, Sean is off in Hawaii getting sunburnt at the Pearl Harbor Memorial. And so we won't be talking about his most recent rocket launches and his, uh, Tesla, uh, launch literal and, uh, yeah, we won't be talking about the, uh, launch of his car commercial or the subsequent, uh, burnout and crash of Tesla stock that's right, that's right. that both happened this week. <laughs> I'm telling uh, you, I'm pretty sure there's some tax documents in the trunk of that Tesla. <laughs> and he just sent it out there and went, I got off with it with it's Scott like, Free. Oh, I, I, I didn't mean to get rid of it. I just, I put them in the trunk and then the, the, the countdown started. I had to get out of there. It was... Um, but other than that, uh, thank you very much for listening to our first episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you for listening and check this one out because we're pretty sure you're going to like the musk on you. Today on Grubstakers, cue the theme. Because of my success in the private sector, I had the chance to run America's largest city for 12 years. I taught those kids lessons on product development and marketing, and they taught me what it was like growing up feeling targeted for your race. And that's just just not true. You know, I love having the support of real billionaires. Uh, welcome to Grubstakers, uh, the podcast about billionaires and finance. Hey, uh, guys. Hello, hello. Hey. I'm Sean McCarthy. I'm here with Yogi Pollywall. That is me. Andy Palmer. Suck it to me. That's and, me. And Stephen Jeffries. Hey. Uh, so this week we're going to be talking about um, <clears throat> one of the most inspiring billionaires in the world, uh, Mr. Elon Musk. Uh, Rolling Stone has called him probably the only person who has started $4 billion companies. That would be PayPal, Tesla, SpaceX, and SolarCity. Um, and we're going to be talking about essentially uh, his biography, his money, his labor practices, everything else, all with a kind of, I guess, skeptical but data-driven eye towards whether he really deserves all that money. Well, I want to say, uh, I think the best way to introduce him using our our newly perfected soundboard, example Suck one, it to me. is to uh, have him introduced by none other than Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Uh, so if you don't know who uh, Elon Musk is, here's what Joe Rogan has to say about him. Listen, man, he's probably one of the smartest human beings on the planet Earth. That guy's, you know that they think he might have invented Bitcoin. And Joe Rogan would know There's a, a lot smart of speculation human being. online. <laughs> you know what? Here, here's the thing. I'm going to talk about this in this podcast. I didn't okay. even read the article. <laughs> I looked at the headline. I'm like, probably. <laughs> didn't even read the he's article. He's probably like one of the smartest human beings ever. He's like I've a never fucking mad scientist from a. He's like a guy from a movie, right? <laughs> like if you had a movie and there was some mad billionaire Robert Downey Jr. type See, character like that just kept like inventing the newest crazy uh, shit and was at the cutting Iron edge Man of science and was telling everybody to look Musk. out for the fucking robots that so are going to kill like, us. Yeah, of course he's would, like a mad character in a movie. Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal was based on Elon Musk. I like how Sean is just speaking directly over our clip. Should we pause clips when Sean talks? I feel like it'll make the podcast take two hours if that's the case, though. Uh, you know, I think I think let him talk over it, and then yeah. we'll edit him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to miss any Rogan. 
<laughs> our podcast is just playing the Joe Rogan podcast and branding it as our podcast. I think that's the fair yeah. way to do it. This Grub Stickers is ninety percent Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty uh, percent the Sean that we didn't edit out. Welcome to the pirate at Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving you access to all the premium Joe Rogan content. All right. Well, did did Joe Rogan say anything else? I can't remember how long that clip goes. Uh, no, I actually just cut out like a bunch of filler where they're like, "Oh man, he got a car, man." <laughs> And so it's just like, and then they'll just loop back into it. But he's a genius. So really, I just cut together all the parts where Joe Rogan's going like, oh, man, he's a genius. Like, he knows about the robots, man. It's crazy when idiots praise other people as geniuses. And it's like, well, I didn't care about your opinion on who is it or isn't a genius. So to me, he's just another person continued. I mean, yeah. in fairness to Joe Rogan, he spent his entire life both doing drugs and getting hit in the head. So... <laughs> I'm not sure. But anyways, so yeah, I mean, but and again, in fairness, again to Joe Rogan is that his attitude towards Elon Musk, I think, is very prominent on the Internet, particularly in corners of Reddit and stuff where you'll you'll see all his like motivational quotes telling people to work 100 hours a week to get what they want. You know, meanwhile, if what they want is unionization, he's firing them. (laughs) so yeah, and I think it's like, we'll get into this more later, but it's kind of this thing in society where on the one hand, you know, since Steve Jobs died, Elon Musk kind of fills that cultural role where we want this great man entrepreneur to solve all these problems that we have. And, you know, it's it's ultimately people kind of are bootlickers and worship power, and, and Musk has a lot of that, so... Um, but uh, but uh, just to kind of get into a, a little bit more about uh, uh, Mr. Musk, um, uh, Forbes, uh, as of January 2018, estimates his net worth at about $20.9 billion. He's 46 years old. Forbes also says he's the 53rd uh, richest person in the world, again, as of January 2018. These things change a lot. Um, and he was born in uh, South Africa in uh, Pretoria uh, in 1971. He has one sister and one brother, and he got beat up a lot in school. That's it's crazy how that's like the least shocking thing about Elon Musk, but when it's written about or talked about, it's very like, can you believe Elon was beaten up in South Africa? Like it's like, yeah, I can believe that a nerdy child was beaten up by bullies. It's not a shocking sentiment yeah. at all. But didn't didn't he like he programmed a, his own computer game at age twelve? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so his, like, like anyone who does that is just self selected to get <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put down at school, basically. Right, right. Yeah, and like they talk about, like, yeah, you got, you know, they beat him up because he had loot crates in it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of this pay-to-play bullshit, Elon. (laughs) With a guy like prepare to get a swirly. (laughs) With a guy like him, you have to sort of like the bullies have like a really important social role of like right. they have to calibrate how much so they don't bully him too much right but they actually did bully him a lot what if like yeah. so he designed that game and I guess the early 80s what if it was just like a text based uh, school shooting simulator <laughs> And because the only people using computers could deeply relate to him, that's why he made money off of it. <laughs> I just like his dad talks about the bullying, or maybe it was mom, I can't remember. And there's like people in South Africa, they fought dirty. Two people would hold you down while another one would beat you up. And it's like kids fighting kids is always dirty. You don't have to make it <laughs> more dirty by saying that they're meaner by ganging up on a kid like it's just like if you told me like oh one kid punched another kid i'm like yeah that's some dirty play right there children probably shouldn't fight one another yeah 
Yeah, I can't believe uh, schools in a violent apartheid regime were violent. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy thing about it, though that like, this was probably the least violent bullying of kids in Africa. Like, what do you really think about it? <laughs> yeah, kids in Africa are hardened at a young, young age. Bullying in school is the least of their concerns. Kids in Chad read the Elon Musk story, going like, "Wow, what a lucky kid!" Yeah. <laughs> did he? Uh, did he go to a public school? I don't think so. I think it was a private school in Pretoria. Like his family was somewhat wealthier. Right. Yeah, they had a lot of money. It's like, well, so yeah, we'll get into the. Um, his father was rich, uh, but basically, uh, it's just one more thing on the bullying. The worst incident was once he got thrown down a flight of stairs and knocked out cold, which left him with a septum deviation that caused trouble breathing. He got surgery in uh, 2013 to uh, repair that. Um, you know, he was beaten up by union thugs in school. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, so uh, we should spend a bit talking about uh, Elon Musk's father, because I think that informs a lot of our understanding of Mr. Uh, Elon Musk. Uh, but his father, uh, Earl... E-R-R-O-L. Yeah. Errol, Errol, Errol Musk. Errol. Uh, but you so... Know, you know, actually, can I just say, you know what I think that Elon said to defy his bullies? What, what, Andy? What do you say? Sock it to me! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I bet that's what he said, or as he was being thrown downstairs. Hey, Elon, we're going to sock it to you. Sock it to me? <laughs> hey, Elon, is that true? And, and that's, just, that's just not true. Sock <laughs> it. And, and that's just... Um, all right, so uh, this is just a... So, two, uh, uh, a source I'm drawing on a lot for a lot of this is uh, the uh, closest thing to an official biography of Elon Musk we have is called Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for... A Fantastic Future by Ashley Vance, who's uh, actually a male Bloomberg reporter. So I wonder why he related to the bullying stories so much. Oh, Ashley Vance is a dude? It is a dude. That's or a he shocking is a dude, twist. Yes. But, uh, Sock it to me? <laughs> but anyway, so this is just a quote uh, from uh, that biography. Uh, quote, uh, Errol worked as a mechanical and electrical engineer and handled large projects such as office building, retail complexes, residential subdivisions, and an Air Force base. And, of course, an Air Force base would be a government contract for the apartheid South African regime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, also, uh, at later points, his father also had a stake in an emerald mine in uh, Zambia. So the, the point we're getting at here is uh, definitely some of his starting capital came from apartheid exploitation. Uh, and, uh, so it should be noted just as far as, uh, his parents go, um, his mother was a Canadian model dietitian. Uh, his father, as we mentioned, was the electrical, uh, and mechanical engineer, but they divorced at eight. And so eventually Elon actually went to live with his father and, uh, it's hard to find information on this is what I'm saying. Yeah. There's one but, quote that said that, that said that Elon noticed that his mom had his brother and sister but his dad had no one so it was less like an emotional decision or more just like I want to hang out with my dad right. but then it's like how is that not an emotional decision you know what I mean yeah well it's like a logical thing like oh he has two and I have and he has zero so we'll go and make it one and you know, and it's nice that Elon has continued to apply that to the billions of dollars <laughs> that he has sharing things equally. Um, but so basically what I'm getting at here is that uh, uh, his father was psychologically and emotionally abusive in various ways, but it's hard. Uh, there's not much public information on this, and uh, this has been um, uh, stated basically 
in the biography written by Ashley Vance where Elon Musk's mother essentially says that uh, because Elon Musk's father has since had two daughters with a different woman, these are Elon's half-sisters, and Elon has a close relationship with them, he's very hesitant to badmouth his father in public because it would reflect uh, uh, badly or, you know, bring embarrassment to his two half-sisters. Um, yeah, it says whenever this brings he's very protective, which is like, that's 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 code for I'm protecting him from some shit that the world shouldn't hear. What do you think Elon said, like, before his dad got abusive? Suck it to me? <laughs> um, I do want to quote uh, at a bit of length. From also, a- we're probably not going to be talking about Nixon. We just love this drop. <laughs> <laughs> we is a strong word in that sense. <laughs> he was a self-made man, unlike Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, so I do want to quote at a bit of length from a, a, a good Rolling Stone profile they wrote in November 2017 about uh, Elon Musk. And this is just a bit of uh, him talking about his father. Uh, quote from Rolling Stone. Uh, he was such a terrible human being, Musk shares. You have no idea. His voice trembles and he discusses a few of those things but doesn't go into specifics. My dad will have a carefully thought out plan of evil, he said. He will plan evil. Besides emotional abuse, does that include physical abuse? He asks, my dad, this is quoting Musk again, my dad was not physically violent with me. He was only physically violent when I was very young. Elon's eyes... Suck it to me? (laughs) Elon's eyes turn red as he continues discussing his dad. You have no idea about how bad. Almost every crime you can possibly think of, he has done. Almost every evil thing you can possibly think of, he has done. Uh, Besides, you know, firing people for trying to unionize, maybe. Well, maybe in the mind. Um, Anyways... And then the, the, this part of the Rolling Stone excerpt ends with uh, him saying, the Rolling Stone reporter saying, there is clearly something Musk wants to share, but he can't quite bring himself to utter the words, at least not on the record. Quote, it's so terrible you can't believe it. The tears run silently down his face. I can't remember the last time I cried, he says. He turns to tell her uh, as an uh, employee to confirm this. You've never seen me cry. So basically... It's a normal thing to say to your employees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I worked at Fred Meyer, every day I'd look at my employees but he, and go, you've never seen me cry. <laughs> but we know he's seen them cry. Yes. Yes. Right. When, when they open their checks. <laughs> <laughs> 90-hour work weeks. Right, probably, right. Yeah, a few of them will yeah when down. someone falls asleep at the controls and someone else's arm gets crushed by a car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've never seen me cry. <laughs> Come on, cheer up. Put put a band-aid on that arm. But what is whatever his dad did that he won't open up about that's just so evil, it made it so that he had to destroy all labor law within his companies. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> He's yeah, like what do you think his dad did? Cuz he mentions beating him up as a kid, which like, you know, is messed up, but that that is what had has happened for, you know, a long time. But what could he have done that was so terrible that must to this day is like I ain't trying to bring that up. Well, it's like, so part of what he has talked about is like, you know, his dad would always say he was like an idiot and he was going to fail, you know, because Musk, uh, as we'll get to, left uh, South Africa for Canada and later the United States. And his father, you know, always talked down to him and and this kind of like emotional, psychological abuse. So that's the one thing. But so inner turmoil, that's really what we're getting at here. Yeah, that's the the horrible shit that he can't reveal. Right. But, uh, you know, and so when Musk says, you know, quote, almost every crime you can possibly think of he has done, I mean, like. 
I don't know how much exaggeration there is there because the other thing is uh, uh, Elon Musk's father was contacted by this Rolling Stone reporter and he said, I have never been charged with any crime except for I shot and killed three people who broke into my yes. house, <laughs> yes. but I was later cleared of self-defense. So it's like, yeah, the guy has killed at least three people. <laughs> that we know uh, of. That we know of. <laughs> and it's also like, you and know. You know what those home invaders said? Suck it to me? <laughs> but it's also like, again, this guy is a, a, a multimillionaire who contracted with a, the apartheid South African government, who owned a, an emerald mine in Zambia, known for their wonderful mm-hmm. labor conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I could totally see him, like, fucking murdering a worker or something. That's the thing that's interesting. He was like a very... I learned it from you, Dad. (laughs) He was like... His dad was a really skilled engineer. Yeah. But then also owned these mines, which don't necessarily go hand in hand. Well, it's like... And again, it's hard to get information on all this, but it seems like some of his mechanical engineering and building stuff was actually in uh, mining construction. Right, but Elon mentions it like his dad would fly them across like the globe, basically, from time to time. And he was very good at like basically de... Uh, deconstructing like any object he knew how it worked basically which is perfectly fine but then it's like why, why would you go into mining then I, like, I, I think I don't think he played really an active role in the mine though oh, I think yeah, yeah. I think he was just like a minority stakeholder in it. right just collect the money and let right. other people fucking cut like the slaves just like hands owning off. real estate he so, just so, so you'd say that he was uh, as a, a stakeholder in a mine he was a grub staker Yes, one might say. Suck it to me. <laughs> I promise that we will get more drops. In the yeah, future. right. Uh, Andy's it, ADD is mixed. Is running up against our limit it, of number of drops. <laughs> we have three or four, but Andy's fixated on this one drop. I even mentioned to him when you were doing that. So I was like, "Hey, play the other one." <laughs> he didn't do it. I didn't think it applied. It was Sean talking about facts about Elon's dad. Elon saying it's not true is perfect for that moment. No, it's not. Because that's just that's just not true. That's, that's, that's just that's, that's just, just Elon true. talking Sock about. Socket to me. <laughs> also, it automatically goes into socket to me. Yeah. But I did want to share one more thing about his uh, wonderful father, Errol Musk. Is uh, Errol Musk has a Facebook profile that mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can all look up if you just search Facebook for Errol Musk. He'll E R R O L Musk. Um, and his public posts, uh, there's one that I want to highlight. I'm not going to read all of it because it's a long rant, but, uh, think this, you know, 70 year old, uh, racist participant in an apartheid regime, uh, wrote this on November 11th, 2017. Going by his profile pictures, it looks like he hasn't bought a digital camera since 1995. (laughs) We can't afford one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Elon cut off his allowance. (laughs) Um, So Errol Musk writes this on November 11th, 2017 on Facebook. Quote, I believe Judge Moore. Uh, And that is, of course, referring to Judge Roy Moore, who ran for Senate in Alabama and was accused of being a pedophile by multiple women. Uh, He says this stuff would come out long ago in his previous elections, would have come out long ago in his previous elections. And he goes on and on on this very bizarre rant about what's natural, and, and just a couple other highlights from it. He says, quote, Further, in fact, 16, which is now the legal age of consent in the first world, which it's like, no, not really. Right, <laughs> it's it's right. 18, but okay. Uh, Irrespective of anyone's disapproval is not what we like to view as ideal today. It is, however, what and he puts this in caps, nature wants. And I'm afraid I have to remind people, nature, caps, is king, caps. 
We are all pawns of nature, and we haven't even scratched the surface of changing that. Though I guess his uh, son is working on bioengineering to uh, get around that. But um, And then one other little highlight from this kind of bizarre thing about, uh, I guess, having sex with children. He says, quote, uh, My first wife and I were in an intimate relationship when she was 16. We have three children. So uh, Elon Musk's mom uh, got statutorily by this guy. Uh, and then he also says, her closeness in age to the children is a great boon for her today. Um, so, so, yeah. She, so, she was 24 when she divorced him, I think, right? Yeah. Unless he got married earlier than the kids. But that seems right. Did she get pregnant and then get married? Because if she had Elon or she or the oldest child at 16, when did she get married? What type of child bride situation is this, Sean? Yeah. I don't have I all the I wonder if there's like any Greek parable <laughs> that might parallel Elon Musk's upbringing. Oh, oh, Occam's razor. I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. What can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about now, Sean? Well, so next is uh, we know that Elon, uh, Elon grew up in a, a, amount, a relative amount of privilege with housekeepers, multiple properties, because, again, as we've mentioned, his dad was an abusive uh, multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, um, Elon. Oh, and, and one other thing on the topic of uh, his dad being abusive is, according to Ashley Vance's biography, Elon and his first wife have vowed their five children uh, would not be allowed to meet um Musk's father. That's right. Justine um, Musk. Mm-hmm. And so, as mentioned, he programmed a computer game at 12, and he went to Canada at 17, um, in part to avoid, uh, this is in 1989, in part to avoid a conscription in South Africa's apartheid army. And uh, I think it would be pretty funny if like people called him like a coward and a draft dodger <laughs> for not doing his patriotic service <laughs> to the apartheid regime. <laughs> you know. You know, it's like kind of like people always get on fucking Trump for not going to Vietnam or whatever. And it's like, I mean, he's a piece of shit, but like, it's not really the worst thing about him is that he didn't participate in a horrific war. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, Musk. How dare you stay out of genocide, Donald Trump? <laughs> what if we like go to, we, we buy like a share in one of Musk's companies so we can go to a shareholder conference and then we just ask him like, have you no decency, sir? <laughs> you avoided military service in the South African army, yeah. <laughs> which was fighting against the terrorist Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Um, okay, so he goes to Canada at 17. Uh, he studies in, a, a, I think, Queen's College in Canada. He later gets a, a scholarship to University of Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania. He studied uh, business and physics. And then he goes to uh, Stanford to get a physics PhD. But he leaves uh, very soon, I think two days after he started, to found his first company in 1995 called Zip2. Um, During this, when he go, when he's at Queens College, he meets who would become his first wife, right, Justine, Justine, yeah, who uh, is like a Canadian author and now has a blog that's very messy. It's like it's it's the perfect ramblings of what is clearly a woman scorned of a billionaire ex relationship. Right. Uh, the one thing she she posts there's this article about her in MaryClaire.com. Right. And yeah. she talks about when they got married. That they were dancing, and Elon told her, 
I am the alpha in this relationship, which that's just perfect <laughs> wedding vow conversation. When you're dancing with your lover, you want to know your position. Um, what I love about that is like at that point, Elon was still, because uh, you can see like videos and photos, he's still kind of like a string bean. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Kind of look like me. So it's L- like. L- listen to me. Yeah. I'm the captain. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's also how you definitely how you can tell someone's an alpha is when they say it yes. out loud. Yes, while unprovoked. dancing at their wedding. Yeah, that's the thing that's great about it. It's not like during, after a honeymoon, after vigorous lovemaking, <laughs> he said, "I am the alpha." <laughs> it's while they're dancing at the wedding, <laughs> and in the article, she's like, "Yeah, I shrugged that off because he got married just now. Who gives a shit?" But like. Uh, a clear sign that this guy's a piece of shit was that, basically. Well, I don't want to make fun of him too hard, because I have <laughs> used that on Tinder dates. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, uh, I know I just met you, but I am the alpha in this relationship. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in, in 95, he founded Zip2 with his brother, uh, Kimball, and uh, Musk did the programming, Kimball did the marketing. Uh, and the idea of Zip2, and this is the early ages of the internet. I feel like the worst thing his father did was those names. Yeah. <laughs> Elon, Kimball. What is this? Yeah. A fucking light bulb company? <laughs> it's like that Dutch Afrikaner thing or something. It's I don't so know. strange, though, because it's, like, it's not white nationalistic, but it's got a vein of, like, we're better than you because we sound like no one type of thing. Right. Like, it's the aliens are here to take care of you plebeians. You know what's a fun thing about Elon before, like, he really hit it big? Mm-hmm. Is that, like... Like, now he clearly, like, when he was about to hit it big, he looked like Sam Rockwell towards the end of Moon. (laughs) Like, just hair falling out, emaciated, pale. And then once he got money, he basically bought himself hair. Oh, yeah. And, like, a healthy diet. (laughs) I like the idea that he did, like, a fucking skin graft onto, like, a more muscular person. (laughs) Like, once he sold PayPal, he had enough to, like, have some, like, poor struggling actor killed <laughs> and, like, take his body and operate it as his own by implanting his spinal column in there. Right. One poor actor. I think several. I think he got <laughs> a hybrid body of, like, five to six actors. He, like, found some, like, struggling porno actor and got his dick. And, <laughs> I like the, total upgrade. I like the notion of a struggling porno actor. Like, well, you know, my best days are behind me, but I got this great rockin' bud. Well, would you believe the porno industry is uh, not charitable to men? <gasps> it's hard to be a male porno actor. I yeah, well, I mean, you know, you have God. to stay hard to be hard. Andy, you got to have your finger Suck on the trigger. Suck it to me? <laughs> All I need is for you to say suck it to me from time to time. All right, but so it should be noted, Zip2 is, um, it, it, uh, with a lot of, I guess, um, Silicon Valley people, but billionaires in general, or, you know, whatever successful person, Particularly in America, the idea of like the self-made millionaire is is a real mythos. So they they kind of play that up. So Zip Two, you know, whenever Elon Musk talks about his his poverty stories, he talks about his time at Zip Two. You know, when they're like sleeping on a couch, he talks about showering at the YMCA, which is like I still don't understand why that's a poverty story because it's like if you have an apartment, is there not a shower in there? And also, the YMCA costs like fifty bucks a month, so it's like, yeah, was he living in a garage yeah, or something? He was living. Yeah. I thought he was living at the Zip Two offices, right? And so the YMCA part is like, there's no, there's no showers in oh, office buildings. So he okay, would that makes get sense. Gym membership. I mean, it's what's, you don't have like a friend or something. We'll just let you shower there. Or? I don't know if don't Elon know. actually has any friends. And all the research yeah. I did, it doesn't seem like he's got people that like him. Mm-hmm. 
But anyway, so when he tells his poverty stories, you know, he's sleeping on the couch. He says they're eating a Dairy Queen for every meal because it's open 24 Which, hours a day. Which, by the way, a poverty story that is we were eating Dairy Queen too often, not that much poverty is more like poor American. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's funny. Yeah, it's like my poverty story is like daily life for about a third of the population in America. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, so, you know, this is his poverty story, but it should be noted that in the Ashley uh, Vance biography, and and he stands by this, uh, he says, quote, Errol Musk, uh, Elon's father, gave his sons $28,000 to help them through this period. Um, So in many ways, I guess uh, slaves in a Zambian emerald mine were the first investors in an Elon Musk company. You know, wait. I thought I heard Jeffries mention that uh, he Elon denied this. Elon moment. does deny that. In well, you fact, said he stood by it. No, Ashley Vance, the oh, person who wrote the oh, biography, stands by the story. Right. But Elon in uh, in the November twenty seventeen. What the fuck are you doing? Suck it to me. I'm trying Listen, to play man, that. That's just not true. <laughs> but then it just jumps to the next Jesus. one. What are you? Why don't we label these or something? No, they're labeled. It's just what? that he's doing it through iTunes. And, and that's just that's just not true. Do it through iTunes? Yeah, I'll do it through Finder. Don't do don't do it through iTunes. This is going to be great because this will come out as like our and, and third just, or fourth episode, by which we will hopefully have resolved these problems. <laughs> but it'll look like our most amateur episode. Suck it to <laughs> me. <laughs> Well, our loyal listeners should know that we've never been professional mm-hmm. up till this moment. Yeah. We're uh, the opposite of the Elon Musk 100 hours a week philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say Elon would have fired us all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, what, before uh, the eBay PayPal deal happened, his wife was like, you know, I'm your wife, not your employee. And Elon said, yeah, if you're my employee, I would have fired you a long time ago. Like, <laughs> he was really cruel to her. I got more shit to talk about Alpha. the women he's dated. Do you want to go more into your shit, Sean? Uh, well, we can keep going into the biography for a bit and then go into the relationship. I don't want Jeffries to feel fucking, you know, we're fucking 30 minutes in. His bitch ass hasn't said shit. Uh, well, he said a few. He's got a few liners in there. Yeah, well, you got, you got Look, this bio taken there's a lot. There's a lot of information in the Elon Musk biography. All right. All right Moving along. Yeah, all right, all right. So his dad gave them a $28,000 cash injection. Um, they sold Zip2 to Compact in 99 for uh, $307 million. Musk got $22 million of it. He went on, he founded X.com, which later merged with PayPal, you know, online uh, bill paying. You all know what PayPal is. Uh, and then PayPal, of course, was bought by eBay for $1.5 billion in 2002, of which Musk got $165 million. Though it should be noted that Musk uh, was outed as the CEO of PayPal in October 2000, uh, probably because he lacked the youth and ex- experience of Peter Thiel. <laughs> probably because his blood was a little older <laughs> than Mr. Thiel's blood. <laughs> he didn't have the energy to keep up. Um, but so, yeah, and it's like... Uh, and Keep listening for the, the Peter Thiel episode, because that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> but so, Musk, and then, uh, as he has continued to do, he took his um, PayPal money, he invested it in founding SpaceX in 2002, he invested in Tesla uh, in 2004. He took it over, took over Tesla as the CEO in 2008. Yeah, he didn't actually found Tesla. I found I thought that was interesting that yeah. like as much as he claims to be like you know this father of this you know the first quote sustainable electric car company, which I'm sure we'll go into the sustainable or mm-hmm. yeah the first successful electric car company, big right. asterisk on successful. He didn't found the company even. He just kind of jumped on an existing company. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and then pushed out the guy who founded it. Oh, really? Yeah. What does that guy do now? 
Suze Elon Musk. About, yeah, Suze Elon Musk. <laughs> they settled their lawsuit. Blog. He, did, he did file a lawsuit against Elon Musk, and they settled out of court. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, but yeah. Uh, that sucks for that dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, and so now these are uh, Elon Musk's current projects. SpaceX has, uh, I think as of 2015, about $5.5 billion worth of contracts with uh, NASA and the U.S. Air Force. So most of their money comes from uh, government contracts in the case of SpaceX. Tesla is uh, uh, it has a market capitalization, which is uh, the value of all um, shares uh, prices times the number of shares in circulation of about $52 billion as of the end of last year. So it's an extremely high-valued company that has really not turned a profit, Tesla. Hmm. Um, I think as of last year, it was uh, losing about a billion dollars every quarter. I think it lost $4.2 billion in 2017. And uh, it's still losing money, but their most recent car, the Model 3, is, is supposed to turn that all around. However... Um, they keep pushing back when they're going to be able to produce Model 3s in enough quantity to actually make a profit. They had said they would be able to do it by March of 2018. Now they're pushing that back to June of 2018. So in the case of Elon Musk, like a lot of his wealth comes from, as we talked about, this Steve Jobs mythos where uh, shareholders and venture capitalists and everyone else put a lot of money into the idea that this person will be able to create value in the future, but he really has not created a profitable business uh, in the case of SpaceX and Tesla up to this point. And that's what we're trying to stop with this podcast. <laughs> stop trusting that fat fuck Elon Musk and start trusting us, the grub stakers. We're going to hold his feet to the fire until he starts turning a profit. Because that's what we really care about. His <laughs> companies being able to turn a profit. We're going to hire those fucking South African bullies to come back... <laughs> And finish the job they couldn't finish back in 82. I like the idea of, like, he fucking defaults on all his obligations, so his creditors send the South African (laughs) police after him. (laughs) Like, bust into his house. Oh, man. The the real, I mean, we collectively have, like, 5.5 million invested in Tesla, the four of us, so. (laughs) So this, we're is, this is partly biased. for our own benefit. We yeah. started, this but podcast. mostly for you know our listeners. We started this podcast because we have a multi-million-dollar short sale stake in Tesla, <laughs> and we're trying to spread misinfo <laughs> to get people to sell their shares. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess so. We could talk about Elon's relationship a bit, and then we can also talk a bit more, I guess, about the finances of Tesla, SpaceX, and. Uh, what was uh, formerly Solar City was an electric panel manufacturer uh, founded by Elon's cousins, uh, which uh, Tesla bought in 2016. And it should be noted that the last quarter that we have um, profits for uh, Solar City was the second quarter of 2016. It lost a quarter of a billion dollars. And then since then, Tesla has stopped publishing uh, separate uh, public disclo- earnings disclosures for Solar City. So they are now part of a line item within the Tesla earnings it's, disclosures. It's interesting that just as their consumer solar business seems to be bleeding money, um, there's a hurricane in Puerto Rico, and Elon Musk offers to, for what I assume to be a, a substantial price, get a government contract to make Puerto Rico completely solar. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. guy, like the guy, has done so. Uh, 
another thing about like the self-made myth is like uh, there's an LA Times story that was written in 2015 estimating that about 4.9 billion dollars in government subsidies will be given to Elon Musk companies over the next um, 20 years. And again, that's just subsidies. That's not even including another 5.5 billion in government contracts. Right. Uh, so it's like. You know, more on this self-made thing. It's like, yeah, you get a fucking capital infusion from your apartheid father, and then you get Daddy Warbucks, Uncle Sam, to bail you out. <laughs> and he never, like, he always uses every opportunity to sort of insinuate that the public sector spending of for other contractors like Boeing or something mm-hmm. like, that competes with them for big contracts is always really bloated, and there's cost overruns and stuff. And to, like to basically insinuate that, like, public sector finance is like inherently inefficient. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So like with with SpaceX, SpaceX is not even publicly traded. It's a private company. Yeah. It's not publicly traded. Right. So you have almost no idea what their costs are on their projects. Right. The last thing we have is uh, the Wall Street Journal got some internal documents from SpaceX in 2015, and that showed that they had lost uh, 260 million dollars in 2015. Uh, so yeah, we. That's all we know. So 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 Stephen did you did some interesting research on like basically the the cost of SpaceX and basically the cost per kilogram. Oh yeah. Um, when I was looking up SpaceX, I mean they um, for launching payloads into space, like the there's one metric that gets kind of thrown around a lot. That's um, the the cost per kilogram of payload that. It, how much it costs to get one kilogram into what they call lower Earth orbit, which is where like most of like deploying satellites and stuff takes place. Mm-hmm. And the International Space Station. Yeah, and the International Space Station, most satellites, um, um, like for Elon, for Elon's um, uh, plans to go to Mars by 2024, which is like really ambitious for in the, the eyes of a lot of engineers and astrophysicists. Um, right, right. He originally wanted to send like some mice to Mars and back. Right, right. He and, had he yeah. has a very ambitious plan that oh, is like theoretically Mars. possible. He wanted to send mice to Mars. Yeah, he wanted to send mice. Is <laughs> yeah. what he calls the kids who bullied him in South uh. Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wants to send his bullies to Mars <laughs> first as yes. like the the trial know, run. Yeah, or the trial run, and then he'll send you know people he likes. <laughs> um, but anyway, they have a metric. Uh, dollars per kilogram and like in the early days of NASA in like the early 60s to late 60s leading up to the first uh, manned mission to the moon they like it started out as about like $60,000 per (laughs) kilogram and through some like in the later in the later part of the 60s when it was NASA funding was at its height of like four to five percent of the discretionary budget and it was basically run like a centrally planned economy it like the the cost per kilogram went from about fifty thousand down to all the way to about twenty five thousand and this is how much it costs to get a kilogram of material into space a payload yeah a payload yeah yeah and then where if you look at spacex was founded in 2002 and it's now 2018 and the they have statistics. It's kind of hard to find real cost figures from them since it's a private company. Right. right. But the like the their main product, the Falcon, um, and that's the one that, rocket launch that delivers pad. like 
food and other supplies to the International Space yeah, Station? Yeah, so they have a he has a $1.6 billion contract to deliver supplies to the International Space Station, which is in lower Earth orbit. Right. And right. so his his overall design philosophy, I guess, with the the rockets is to have build more cheaper ones that have smaller payloads, but you can sort of do quick runs up to the ISS. Right, and, and they um, do those sort of publicity and thing sort of use lands. The, yeah, and use that framework to develop a larger rocket that's built on the same plan to eventually go to Mars. Right, right. And NASA kind of has a different take on it, I guess. Like they have, they want to just build one really big rocket and then use it to get materials up into an orbit around the moon. What? Right, right. Yep. And then build, and, build like and then base. build the actual spaceship that would go to Mars in space. Ooh. Oh. And then use yeah. like this really efficient, um, like an ion drive or something to oh. to just sort of smoothly accelerate to Mars. Basically, what it would do is it would shoot charged particles out the back. Yeah, it's. I mean, and it's, that's it's much more efficient than like. I mean, when I first fuel. learned about this, I, I I wasn't really sure, you know, what all NASA was up to, especially with a reduced budget. But right, they're really right. designing like some really innovative, you know, alternatives oh, yeah. to rocket launch. Basically. The Orion project's really cool. Well, the original yeah. plan or one of the early plans considered to land on the moon. We're getting off topic. Was to launch <laughs> both the lander and then the Apollo people in two different rockets, meet them in space, and then land on the moon. To pull you back, uh, what if like Elon Musk met his bullies and then offered to like hire them, and he's like, "Yeah, no hard feelings," and then they like walk into the room and they hear the door lock behind them, <laughs> and then they just hear like <laughs> ten, nine, eight, remember the Remember? I don't know why he wanted us to meet him in the Kennedy Space Center, the launch pad, but I'm really excited. It sounds like he forgives us. But yeah, I mean, so, and essentially, uh, uh, I want to get um, Stephen's uh, data on uh, cost per kilogram launch up on our Tumblr so you all can look at it. But the idea is essentially SpaceX, from what we know, is actually more expensive. And uh, then, yeah, in in terms of its like actual sort of biophysical costs right. of getting something into lower Earth orbit, like if you they 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 gave us some estimates in like a press release that said that the their low cost rocket would cost as little as twenty five hundred dollars per pound. So I guess a kilogram that's what it's like five thousand four thousand something like that mm-hmm. about five thousand I think. And which sounds really great, but also like a lot of some of the critics point out, none of those kilograms are humans, right? So <laughs> they need to get people to Mars, and right, right. So it's if it's not set up to oh support yeah, it's life, way more expensive. And it to, bit, like what those kilograms are, right? Is just it's as a big, right, as how right. many, right, right, yeah, right. And of course, so. You know, and you look at SpaceX's entire business model is centered around, you know, getting government contracts primarily. And so according to the Sunlight Foundation, SpaceX has spent over $4 million lobbying Congress since it was established in 2002, uh, doled out, you know, almost a million in political contributions. They hired Trent Lott, of course, the former uh, racist senator. Uh, formerly to- racist or formerly a senator? <laughs> uh, formerly a senator. Uh, you know, maybe he's had a change of heart. I doubt it. <laughs> he's like on the Black Lives Matter standing committee now. <laughs> he burned his Confederate flag. But anyways, they hired Trent Lott to lobby for them in 2011, and that, of course, paid off in 2014 when SpaceX signed a 20-year lease for Launchpad 39A at the Kennedy Launch Center. 
Um, so again, it's not necessarily, it's so, it's so often painted like, oh, the private sector can do these things more efficiently and more cheaply than the government. You know, you know what I would say, uh, that idea comes from what ideology, ideology. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, uh, that's our friend Slavov Zizek. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the, um, the ideology that, uh, the private sector, yeah, is more efficient, is cheaper, and then I guess SpaceX just stands in contrast to that or direct contradiction to that because they're so much more expensive on the NASA, even though they're on the NASA contracts. Right. Yeah, like they're a lot, a lot of their cost figures, they don't include things like the huge insurance contracts that they have to have for all yeah. their equipment and also their, their profit markup. And, and oh, that's a cost. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the profit markup, which so is they, basically they selectively include and don't include that in their cost estimates. Right, and that's almost that's like a figure that's added by the contractor. Right. Which is what to is say that, that fi- what is that figure all about? So basically, what it is is it says uh, there's overhead, the cost of launching the rocket, mm-hmm. the cost of putting everything together, research and development, and then built into private contracts is then uh, I think it's something like twenty to thirty percent profit margin. Which is just saying, this since we're a private company, we need to make a profit. Right. So we're yeah. just going to tack this on top of the overall budget. Like federal contractors have used something called cost plus accounting, mm-hmm. and Elon Musk will talk a great deal about how like contractors like Boeing get these like lucrative contracts where they aren't really forced to compete or whatever because they get like a, we- a fix like a. They whatever happens to the project, they will get their profit. We should probably start talking about his sex life before people turn off this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm very uh, ready to talk about his sex life. So Justine Musk is uh, his first wife. Wait, Andy, what was that? Ideology. Ideology. All right, Justine (laughs) Musk, his first wife. They met in college. Uh, They got. They had uh, five kids. uh, Technically six, but the first child died. And uh, he tried to unionize. And in her like tell all, she talks about how like Elon Musk required her to go more blonde. Like at, at various points in their relationship, he'd be like, "I want more blonde hair. Even go even blonder." Like he's very obsessed with blonde women and all of the. Well, women wait a minute. Dating. Are you saying somebody in South Africa desires Aryan <laughs> jeans? <laughs> Yeah, so like even uh, Tallulah, his uh, second wife, divorced uh, twice to her, married t- married twice, divorced twice, mm-hmm. was a brunette, and then like in videos she went with blonde. Elon, she's just so blonde. And she's then, an English actress. Yeah, she yeah. was in the Pride and Prejudice or Bride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice, yeah. And uh, we could uh, play the clip. There's a fun moment in some Elon Musk, uh, the Revenge of the Electric Car documentary, uh-huh. where she uh, says, you know, there were like multiple points where I was like. Uh, I'm just going to leave and go to England and never talk to you again. <laughs> and Elon's like, really? And she goes, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, like she talks, Tulula talks about how like she was like, yeah, I didn't know what Tesla was or who Elon was. I was kind of, and it's the most like uh, white girl finds rich man story you've ever heard. Like mm-hmm. it's like, I didn't know anything about him. I thought he might murder me. But it's, strangely enough though, all three, and lastly, Amber Heard is who he dated most recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, they broke up and he's very sad about it. He's, well, he's, according to TMZ, as of uh, January, uh, I don't know, 15, they're back together. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. They really? were seen dancing uh, together in a club. Nah, no way. She went blonde in 2017. Uh, she went <laughs> brunette in 2017. I think she's done with that. But and more that's, importantly. That's not true. 
More, <laughs> <laughs> more importantly, though, I think this does prove one very specific thing. Elon Musk does not eat butt. I think had he eaten some butt, and, and Justine would have stayed. Tallulah would have stayed. And, and, and that's, just, that's just not true. And Amber would have stayed, too. And, and that's, just, that's just not true. And uh, it's crazy because like, he's very obsessed with blonde hair. And he's also obsessed with his, the people he dates like being... Not just perfect, but just like such trophy wives. And, and that's just that's just not true. I, I was gonna get it. It's not true on that. <laughs> he like he he has a lot of abandonment issues. Next one is thirty issues. seconds. <laughs> right. He like, he talks about a lot. Like he can't sleep alone in a bed. He can't right, right, right. I think he says that in the Rolling Stone interview. Yeah, he or does. Something. Yeah, and like it's one of those things where it's like, boy, being a billionaire sounds pretty fun, but goddamn, it seems so lonely. Yeah, well, and so the quote from the Ashley Vance biography, which has been passed around a little bit, but Elon Musk says, I would like to allocate more time to dating, though I need to find a girlfriend. That's why I need to carve out a little more time. I think maybe even another five to ten. How much time does a woman want a week? Maybe ten hours? That's kind of the minimum. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you compartmentalize your life, and you're like, yeah, I'll give uh, ten hours a week to the, the fuck mistress. Strangely enough, between Amber, Tallulah, and Justine, all three of them rejected him for like multiple months, in some cases years, before they eventually went, all right, you wore me down. So he's uh, definitely red-pilled up, if you know what I mean. He really mm-hmm. knows how to get the puss. <laughs> He maintained emotional control. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. He maintained frame. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he like, uh, with Justine, he, um, he like, met her at Queens, and then when he transferred to colleges, would send her flowers, and then on a date, she was like, I want my books there one day, and he gave her his credit card, said, buy as many books you want. With Tallulah, he, like, proposed the first time in a few days, and she even says, I probably would have married anyone who would have proposed to me that quickly just for the romanticism of it. Mm-hmm. And with Amber Heard also, she rejected him for a while before she turned around. And wait, it's like, boy. Wait, Elon, is is excessive coercion a form of rape? And, and that's, just, that's just not true. Here, do it one more time. And, and that's, just, that's just not true. No, do the whole thing one hey, more time. So, wait, hey, Elon, is... Uh, is, is uh, coercive rape real and, and that's just that's just not true <laughs> um but yeah that's his dating life basically i don't know i don't think he fucks that good yeah he's got five kids two twins and one triplet or one one, one twins. triplet <laughs> um, <laughs> the strongest triplet <laughs> remains he, he also owns a company that specializes in cybernetic implants right yes. Neural- so oh, he really? may be able to counteract some of that shittiness with you know Jeez. yeah he bought hair yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I if you can buy hair, you can probably also buy. You buy a good dick, like skills in the bedroom. Him and Elton John bought hair, and not just them. Jeremy Piven, Joe McHale, a lot of people buy hair oh, these Joe days. Joe McHale was balding. Yeah, you look at old school school soup clips. He's losing hair. Oh. All right, but uh, so I do want before we run out of time to talk a bit about essentially. Uh, employee mistreatment at Tesla and other companies. Uh, in the case of SpaceX, Ashley Vance uh, in the biography says that employees at SpaceX work 90 hours a week or more, and you know somehow they're still uh, more expensive than NASA to, to launch rockets. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of them getting low pay, long hours, all these kinds of things, and you know the. Andy, I know you read a bit about unionization at Tesla. Yeah, so what's interesting is uh, the the basically the same kind of culture exists at Tesla, which is, you know, work long hours to make uh, these cars with apparently like seventeen to twenty one dollars an hour, which is uh, one of the one of the employees at 
Tesla basically wrote a long blog post explaining this, uh, which Elon Musk uh, responded to and vehemently denied. Um, but what's what's funny about this happening in the auto industry is that like the 40-hour work week was largely attributed to Henry Ford when he realized that workers who worked more than 40 hours were not effective right? right. because they would be exhausted and yep. overworked. Um, but Elon Musk basically coming in with this ID. Uh, wait, wait. What is this thing that Elon Musk is uh, implementing? Oh, um, so with this, uh, with uh, this ideology of like you know uh, from Silicon Valley of you know you just work your ass off and see returns, and then basically he projects that onto his own employees. And so recently, there's been a big push at Tesla to unionize, and. Uh, because the Tesla is the largest auto manufacturing plant on the United States, I believe that is not unionized. And so employees have been starting to uh, pass out flyers. Apparently when employees will pass out flyers in the plant, security will come question them, ask oh, for their really? badges what? and then give them like a long talk about how bad <laughs> unions are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or like HR will sit them, like sit them down and be like, listen, uh, this, well, there's actually a quote from a spokesperson from Tesla that says, um, the uh, safety and job satisfaction of our employees here at Tesla has always been extremely important to us. Oh, uh, wait. You know, cut that. Basically, what they'll say is, um, oh, uh, they'll, they'll say, like, we're a massive employer, and so uh, we're providing a lot of jobs for California, and union activity might inhibit that. Basically implying that should they form a union it would threaten everyone's job at Tesla. And the way they're kind of phrasing it is, and this is very common, this was also used uh, in other auto plants when people tried to unionize. They're basically saying like, oh, we might have to shut down the plant or we'll go out of business if you unionize, uh, which is kind of an empty threat since... You know, everyone there has a stake with it succeeding. Right, right. It's like, hey, if you guys do this, that makes your lives better. It might hurt all of us. It's like, well... But if we don't do this, my life continues to stuck. Yeah, they yeah. should they should form a union and call it local, whatever the name his South Africa's bullies went by. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and yeah, just like a couple other kind of semi-viral stories of employee mistreatment um, from the Ashley Vance biography. Um, one of them was that uh, there's an employee who claims that claims that Elon sent them an email after they missed a work meeting to att- to be there for the birth of their child, saying, quote, that is no excuse. I am extremely disappointed. You need to figure out where your priorities are. We're changing the world and changing history. You either commit or you don't. Musk has denied that. And that's, then- that's the interesting thing, too, is you see a lot of that on, like, Glassdoor. I looked up, like, Glassdoor employees. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're, it's basically a website where, uh, if you haven't heard of it, uh, employees will report on work conditions at places and they salaries and this kind of stuff and salaries yeah. at places where they used to work or currently work and a lot of people on uh glassdoor are saying like well you know we have to work you know massively long weeks but we're working on this important project and so like clearly the employees also see it as kind of important right right and the culture has of like this is an important project has really like penetrated into there which is also kind of a, a technique that a lot of Silicon Valley companies will mm-hmm. use to overwork their employees um, to basically say, like, we'll pay you very little, um, but it's important. And then what they don't say is that, you know, someone like Musk, who claims that he's not taking a salary from Tesla, 
uh, basically he claimed that, or he's he's paying himself minimum wage in terms of salary at mm-hmm. Tesla, so like thirty thousand a year. Uh, at the same time, just this last year, he got he was given a billion dollars in stock options from Tesla. Basically, he was given like a billion dollars worth of Tesla stock for free. Um, yeah. And Which it, is more than what a salary would have been yeah, yeah. at Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's this double-sided thing where they're like, it's important, so you shouldn't get paid a lot. And then, of course, the people at the top get paid a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to, like, safety issues, like... Uh, one person on their blog reported that a few months ago, six out of eight people in my work team were out on medical leave at the same time due to various work-related injuries. Mm-hmm. And Musk claimed that that was bullshit. His uh, his argument was that the parking lot was full. He's like, so if you know, 80% of the people are gone from being injured, why are there so many cars at the factory parking lot? Which, you know, for you know, facts and statistics guy... Is a load of bullshit. Uh, he also claimed that UAW's true allegiance is to giant car companies, and so he United basically United Auto Workers, the yeah, union. United Auto Workers, who was trying to get them to unionize. So he's basically trying to claim that United Auto Workers is trying to unionize Tesla to destroy Tesla <laughs> on behalf of the larger car companies. What? <laughs> yeah. So then uh... the people in the union push dug a little deeper into actual statistics. And uh, in 2015, which is the last year that they could get the data for it, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics found that uh, the entry rate at the Tesla factory was higher than uh, that of sawmills or slaughterhouses. <laughs> and they found that Tesla as a whole had an injury rate 31% higher than the industry average in car making. What? And the serious injury rate was 103% higher. <laughs> which is like staggering it's like people are getting injured more and or people are getting injured at a higher rate and way more seriously mm-hmm. so which is a completely i'd say kind of legitimate reason to uh start a union so tesla claimed that in the years since without releasing the data they've said that injuries have gone down i believe them yeah <laughs> And also, some of the employees have been like, yeah, we've also lowered production in preparation for the Model 3, so of course mm-hmm. injuries are going to go right, down. Right, right. And so, Elon released, um, after calling all the reports bullshit, he finally released an email that said, no words can express how much I care about your safety and well-being. It breaks my heart when someone is injured building cars and trying their best to make Tesla successful. Uh, he then asked that all injuries be reported directly to him and that he'll go and do someone's job like someone whose injury it was which it seems like if someone's injured on that job it's not a safe job and having like no elon musk just wandering around the factory doing jobs he's not trained in isn't the best way to address injury and he also finally said in response like to the unionization efforts he's like i think it's a bad idea but you know what i'm gonna make work more fun there's going to be frozen yogurt soft serves all over the factory <laughs> and a roller coaster yes. you can ride around Yay. with an optional loop-de-loop. Thank God the loop-de-loop's optional. Because <laughs> I know that options in loop-de-loops are the real issue at Tesla. Because <laughs> God forbid someone accidentally get injured on that loop-de-loop. God I, uh, forbid someone loop-de-loops when they don't want to loop-de-loop. Yes. You know, that's really... That's probably the worst injury you could suffer at the Tesla plant. I can't believe somebody with such a healthy relationship with their father would found such an abusive work environment. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so, it's crazy how much good suck it to me. There is for Elon Musk because although he is, you know, certainly a maniacal megalomaniac uh, billionaire who claims to be uh, a real life Tony Stark, it's like why why is this press not more readily available? Mm-hmm. Like even looking up his his bullshit, you know. Up, oh, sorry, we're I'm running sure. out of time. Even looking up his like relationship nonsense, it's there's so like you have to dig through like eight pages before you get to oh yeah he's a piece of shit like right, it's strange yeah. it's like it, pretty much everything he does and I don't know if this is by design or if it's just kind of the internet uh, culture but like on Reddit Sean mentioned at the beginning like everything he'll propose it'll immediately shoot to the top page of Reddit oh interesting. and you know he's a self proclaimed like redditor. And stuff, which you know, it's he's he builds his images like this likable tech guy, and so he spends a lot of time on the Cumtown Reddit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> saying female comics aren't funny. <laughs> he uh, and then and what's so interesting is like one of the like his his Puerto Rico um, solar power thing. Like I first heard of that um, from someone who saw it on Reddit and was really excited about it because you know, Red, it's it's it feels like. Though maybe that Reddit is basically just kind of their advertising. Oh, they use it as advertising, right, and right. I wonder if there's which like, makes sense. It's yeah, free. Yeah. It's easy to use. I mean, like, yeah. And the people you're touching upon, they look at it like such a pure source. Like right, it's not right. CNN. It's not Fox. It's not you know. It's not a but. It's not biased to its readers, even though it's clearly being controlled. Right. By the corporation. Yeah. But, uh, the media like. The media will often just take like his pronouncements at press releases as fact without of really, course. right, right. It. Like with SpaceX, like you know, all of his figures, like I was saying, on cost. Yeah, like, yeah. There, there's no other backup for that information. On top of that, there was his uh, Hyperloop announcement. I don't know if you guys remember that in like 2013. Mm-hmm. Right. Is he claimed that he could build a pneumatic tube, literally a pneumatic tube, from? LA to San Francisco that would get people there in 30 minutes and he claimed that the whole thing could be built along the I-5 corridor for 6 billion dollars. Experts immediately looked it over and were like that's a factor of 10 too small. Um on top of that, which it would really be 60 billion dollars, which is about the cost of high speed rail. I knew the math of factor of 10. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> no, but it, it so it would be Equivalent to high-speed rail, and on top of that, all of his claims were like, you know, it could go the speed of sound in this tube, and there would be this tiny air pocket. And what he didn't mention is that, like, uh, the tiny air pocket would have to make the whole tube completely straight. Uh, in reality, you would get kind of thrown around. Seismic activity would change right, everything. Right, yeah. And also, you would have uh, 0.5G, uh, or a factor of 0.5Gs, like, being... Uh, subjected to you every time you go around a bend, which would just make you vomit like crazy. Well, you, I mean, I just interject here: the yeah. dying and going at four thousand miles per hour in a <laughs> vacuum sealed tube would be one of the most metal ways to die. Oh, so. that is entirely true. Yeah, <laughs> I do love that this guy who has uh, never made a false public pronouncement, and we're expected to believe him every time he denies employee mistreatment. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so we're running out of time. There's so much material on Elon Musk on the internet. We didn't even get to, they've got a solar panel factor, uh, factory up in Buffalo, New York, that the state of New York has put over $900 million into. And of course, two of the Governor Cuomo aides who got, uh, who set up a bid rigging to get the developer, the builder who built it, 
to make sure they got that contract. They have been charged with federal corruption cases. Hell yeah. So, again, there's just a lot of fucking public money awash in this guy. Um, but I did want to uh, just kind of quote uh, Justine Musk to, to sum up a little bit here. Uh, she's a verified on Quora, and somebody asked, why do super rich people want to get richer? And she said, I think, something rather illuminating. She said, money is rarely just money. Sometimes it stands in for love or self-esteem or freedom or a sense of control over your destiny, especially if you act lacked those things in childhood. Who could she be talking about? Sometimes it is a way of controlling others, including family members, because you don't know how to connect to them in any other way. Money can also serve as a scorecard to indicate how well you are doing, the impact you are having, if you are winning. That's just, that's just not true. Sometimes it's not how much money, you, the money that matters, but the win is everything, particularly when you have invested your heart and soul in your mission. And so it's like, we, we're kind of talking about this, like, why do we fucking love musk and why does reddit upvote him and stuff and i think it's because we've listen we've man really... he's probably one of the smartest human beings on the planet earth it's that but we've also kind of replaced the idea of a public utopia with a private utopia right where we expect you know people like musk or steve jobs to bring us to this this future utopia whereas 80 years ago we had you know franklin roosevelt saying hey everybody's gonna have a job um a house food and the government's gonna provide it and it's just something where it's like Elon Musk, uh, we didn't get into all his assets, but the guy owns five Bel Air mansions that he spent 50, $70 million right. on. Uh, meanwhile, there was a USDA report in 2016 that found 41 million Americans struggled with uh, food insecurity in 2016. Uh, so you just have a lot of hungry, homeless, sad people out there. And uh, all of this money controlled by Elon Musk and the other billionaires that they're not really doing anything with. And, and that's, just, that's just not true. <laughs> Outside of blowing it on mansions, dates with Amber Heard, right. and fucking uh, investments for things that probably won't pan out. Right, but that's just something I want to emphasize, and it, it gets overshadowed so much. Uh, enough money and capacity exists in the economy to provide housing, food, um, essentials, and a job guarantee to every American. And we could do that very easily. Um, but instead, that's, we, just, that's just not true. <laughs> instead, we just think people Thank like you. Elon Musk need uh, five Bel Air mansions. Um, Suck and, it to me. <laughs> and with that beautiful Nixon quote, my name's Yogi Pollywall. I'm Sean McCarthy, Steve Jeffries, and Andy Palmer. This has been Grubstakers. Yeah, we'll see you next. Suck week. it to me. Say, Carl, I hope you don't mind. I jotted down some basic supplies we need in shop. We don't have money for all these fancy teaching aids. Like wood. You know, the Carl Moss I knew wouldn't Give have... it a rest, Hank. All parents care about these days is zero-tolerance drug policies and literacy. Why can't Johnny read? Why can't Johnny read? God, that gets old. But, Carl, shop is the foundation of all learning. And I tell you what, a youngster with a tool in both hands has no hands left to do drugs. They'll just put the tools down if they want to do the drugs bad enough.